Elephant alongside Johnny Blaze. You know me, I come from your request in loving me. You know this a road boy, I'm gonna go drive you crazy. Then she said, Yeah, tell me where I come from. Jamaica. I'm a big party guy. Tell me where I want to have a feeling. Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry King himself, and you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans, simply being humans. And I have an old friend, another Clark Atlanta alum, because, you know, honestly, my show is really kind of like the parade for showing how great the the alums of Clark Atlanta are. And I'm proud to be that parade, to be that showcase. You know what I'm saying? Letting it letting it be known that, that you know, the, the thousands and the tens and tens of thousands of dollars that people spent is going to good use because people are good people out here. But today I have a very special guest with me, another creative that I know is going to inspire you guys, especially during this time of being shut in in the pandemics, in the COVIDs, in the Rona of it all. I have with me someone who literally stayed just several doors down from me in the the old Pfeiffer Hall of Clark Atlanta University, right before, like what, a year or two before it became an all-female dorm, I have with me Brandon B-Dub Walker. How you feeling, bro? Thanks for the introduction. Hey, it's a blessing, man. Oh, yeah. And oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout um, out to the illustrious Clark Atlanta University. The illustrious. You feel me? The illustrious. Okay, so like... First, how are you doing? Are you feeling Rona free? Are you feeling, you know, healthy and ain't no you ain't had no close calls and then you ain't got no allergy flare ups, you all good? Everything's fine, man. I, I'm I'm healthy. I'm feeling good. I'm just, you know, getting my inspiration and creative juices, you know, maintaining them, keeping those flowing because at the end of the day, you know, that's what keeps me being me. <laughs> I love that. That's, I love that. That's that's the most important thing for me right now. Just making sure I'm still inspired. I feel good about myself. My vibe is great. You know, I love keep that. that going. And I, I feel like that. this podcast is energetically keeping me going. And I you love know, giving back knowledge and everything, bro. You didn't. I didn't even realize it until I was talking to my uh, my good friend Janice. Uh, like, bro, I was like, damn. Like the podcast that I've been playing, the podcast I've been putting out lately, I'm glad they aren't quarantine ass podcasts because all the other like big podcasts that I listen to, that's all they really can talk about. They're trying their best not to talk about it, trying their best to talk about other things. And it's like they can't find a way around. And I'm glad that I'm somewhat of presenting this escape, presenting this opportunity for people to, you know, think past this and uh, um, to not just be in the moment of what's going on. So I'm glad that this right here is going to be yet again another kind of uh, piece of content that continuously inspires people to just get on the grind and, and be creative and step out on um, what they what they believe they should be doing for themselves. But let's start with the Twitter. Twitter check-in for all those who 
maybe just now listening for the first time is my pop culture segment. Uh, Twitter is a always provides a variety of content just because it's just it's, it's, it's so many of us on there, <laughs> and we make the smallest things into big things. So, with that being said, the Twitter check-in for today is one that is hilarious. Last night, there uh, last night there was yet again another legendary versus battle that has that occurred yet again via IG Live uh, by way of, you know, I think um, Swiss Beats and Timbaland are the kind of the curators of these things, kind of pushing these events to happen. Um, and it's all kind of for the culture. These things are free. People are just tuning in just to see these battles. It's about 20 songs, uh, you know, song for song, and a lot of them still give you a lot of extras. And, you know, somebody's keeping score or whatever, or it's just kind of like a fan thing. Either way, the shit's been entertaining. Um, I would love first, because I want to talk about the verses anyway, since you are a producer and a musical engineer and you have, this is what you do on the day-to-day. I do want to know about your overall opinion of this whole event itself. But first, let's talk about Uncle Teddy and Uncle Babyface. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, did you did you was you able to catch it, and what do you think about the reaction of it all? Because it seemed like it was a lot more. I don't think this was the reaction that we all thought was going to be trending. <laughs> we, we didn't think right. this was going to be the reason this was going to trend. <laughs> right. So so apparently I was already I was in a session already for like four hours, and then another person came at nine. So I was like, dang. Right, I'm, I'm just gonna have to catch the recap, you know. Go on YouTube, catch the recap, or right. someone record the whole thing. And it's always on YouTube. Like you can see the uh, Swiss Beats, Timbaland, um, yep. Jonte Austin, Neo, uh, Lil John and T Pain one, which I really love. Yeah. Uh, and and I think um, they put them on know, title too. I think they either yeah. it's the play either they put in the playlist or the audio itself on title too. They're doing that too. So you know they're trying to keep the culture and um, things flowing while we're and this pandemic, you know, keep our spirits up because we love this stuff, man. Yep. Our culture, especially. I love the fuck out my culture. Right? Yep. But at the end of the day, I was going to catch the recap. So <laughs> the internet is so unforgiving, man. I, I, I couldn't even <laughs> tell you, like, as soon as I was like, oh, man, I need to go and watch this recap. But unfortunately, I went to freaking Instagram first and saw the unforgivingness of <laughs> the internet, man. Like, I saw memes left to right. Right, like saying when if doing too much was a person, this would be. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what just happened? Why they got Teddy looking like this, man? Not Teddy, not Teddy." Oh uh, man! So I was like, "All right, well, I already got spoiled because everybody's just talking mad trash about it." And like, you know, I followed the shade room, and they had like back-to-back memes, like in the in the Instagram collages where you can swipe to see all you know the photos at once. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. They're like, yo, this man really bought a whole marching band slash uh, <laughs> uh, BT production and, you know, a hip hop hip hop concert like style performance for oh, yeah. this a simple, you know, little IG live podcast per se, you know, what you could be doing, just playing your stuff on your phone, like how everyone else was doing. This man went out his way get a hype man and everybody was like i don't like this nigga <laughs> like, everybody was like i don't like this hype man dude because he was they, he, he had because he had the good audio <laughs> he, he obviously was catching the vibe because he was right there in the mix <laughs> right 
Right, while everybody was like, bro, I'm just hearing mad reverb and echoes and, you know, just unnecessary stuff that you, that would just like kill the vibe instantly. It's like, wow, like, I can't really tell if this is this song or that song. Like, I want to, I want to feel good. <laughs> I'm just feeling irritated just all by the confliction that is going on with this audio. But yeah, it was, it was a tough night, man. I mean, you know. They they decide to make up and do it again, eventually. Just hopefully, you know, everything just works out better. Yeah, I believe it will. I believe it will. I think um, what I'm realizing is um, these things. I love how, in the midst of tragedy, that we as a community always finds a way to create something. We all we we are the tr- we truly are the the lemonade we make the best lemonade in real life and figuratively <laughs> um oh, yeah. because it's no matter what situation we in we always make find a way to still entertain ourselves to still keep ourselves uplifted to still keep ourselves uh in good spirits in some way shape or form and this being something that we literally how often do we like i, I can think about how often we try to pit legends and musical and, you know musical creatives to, against each other you know uh hypothetically in the spirit of fun in the spirit of fun for years people been doing that for years that's that's literally barbershop staples barbershop like biggie biggie versus tupac jay-z versus nas you know this person versus this person and we always have been that way so this is right the fuck up all of our alleys because we can get it live and true and i think the best part about it bro the best part about it is that because artists are one thing like musical artists the people who are the front folks are one thing but the producers the producers those are the ones we really gotta you know give way more flowers to more often because they they truly have you know sculpted out the 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 genres created genres, kept genres, kept certain sounds going and have crossed into other and, genres and, and then, done so many different things. So we and then, and so then don't, Yeah, then don't forget the songwriters neither because and the songwriters too. The songwriters are very crucial too because there's a lot of artists that don't write. So all these hits, you know, they're they're also just like ideas that the artists can't come up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're not as abstract as they want to be and you know a lot of times music is just extension of what their feelings are but yeah you know beyonce she makes albums about anything because she has her songwriting teams so and shout out to the the neo and jante austin one because that showed the light on a lot of stuff people weren't even thinking about like dang you wrote that yeah you wrote my childhood bro you my childhood author yeah. <laughs> my childhood book jante yeah. austin and neo i mean even though I'm like, man, Jante, yo, <laughs> you did that, but Neo wrote that Mario song. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> oh my goodness, that was the song I sang to my first girlfriend. Oh man. Lord, like, right. <laughs> yeah. Now that you oh sang the goodness. Mario, the Mario, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that joint, man. Everything you want and need. Want and need. That's a jam. It, that, it's it's that, crazy because now that we know Neo for so long, like, if you didn't know that, hearing that, it, like, makes it make even more sense. It's like, 
of course Neo wrote that. Like, of course Neo wrote yeah. something like that. That's like such a Neo ass track. But I love I love that they're doing this. I love that these things have been happening. I can't wait for you know more to happen because um, I think there's still more to come. I think there hasn't been enough uh, uh, of a female presence within it. I would love to see. Yeah, they haven't scratched the surface yet. Yeah, they haven't even scratched the surface yet. I would love to see Missy go. I don't even know who the hell you you had to probably put up with somebody else. You know, very legendary as her. So that's yeah, just gonna yeah, make it like yeah. a hell of a battle. Like so many different ways and spaces you can kind of go to. Uh, people are still trying See. to go for like trying to find ways to you know bring in people who aren't quote unquote uh, the just traditional producers, but they have made and had to have their hands in so many different things, like like you know like Diddy and and people like that to go against somebody. It's like he's obviously executive produced some things. He may have not have done this and that, but he's still we know that he is a big part of why certain sounds and certain things have happened. I love that. I love all of yeah. it. I'm for all of it because the shit's entertaining as hell. If, if we went top females, I'd love to see a Esther Dean and Carrie Hilson. You know, that'll be dope. They, that would be that'll dope. be dope. That'll be dope. Um, I'm trying to think other female wives. I mean, if you want to throw Missy, you got to throw someone that's just like has just as who. many accolades as Missy. Yeah. I don't uh, know who? I mean. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look up Candy Burris's list, you know, because Candy wrote that. I think Candy. I think Candy would be good to go against somebody. I don't know about Missy, but I think somebody look up her list should again. though. Like somebody yeah. need to get up in there and get and get it going for real. But but I do believe Makiba. You said Makiba wrote up Makiba. She wrote a lot of stuff for um, Destiny's Child. Yeah, um, Monica. All that uh, I'm trying to think about her list too. Um, I actually, you know, know some homies that uh, work with her, like my homie kid class and all that. He definitely works with her, and you know, he's the one. She's the one that got him that uh, that uh, opportunity to work with that current Hawthorne song. Won't he do it? Mm. That remix, yeah. That's lit. Yeah, that was him. That's yeah, lit. he got a um, Grammy nom for that. So big ups to that homie. Um, but yeah. You know, I definitely keep uh, presence around these people. So, hell yeah, hell yeah. And yeah. I, what would you? So, what would you say was one kind of like incredible, just legendary verses that you would like to see? And then we can move on to the next segment. A legendary verses. So, man, I'm trying to think. Like I have like people in mind that are like staples. Mm-hmm. Like for one, you know, there there has to be like a Jay Z and Snoop Dogg just to to just poke fun at the reliving the East Coast West Coast because mm. they're the kings of both. Like I like, and that. you know, I always always like brought that up in the barbershop talk. Who is more more known culturally, Snoop or Jay Z? We're not talking about music, but who knows them culturally? That's but who knows their music? You know, their music is definitely dope, even though. Jay Z has more albums than Snoop that are just like, yo, he got more bangers. Yeah. But Snoop's first album is definitely better than Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. I think a lot of people say that. Yeah. Better than Reasonable Doubt. Um, other than that, uh, producers wise or segment of like DJs that broke records and made big records, I, I want to say DJ Khaled and Drama. For the simple fact that, I mean, even though DJ Khaled gets more producer credits and all that, but they both break 
songs out that are like dang but even though dj drama breaks out more mixtapes that introduce you to these artists i mean like dj drama broke out like meek mill um yeah i mean that meek mill craze was crazy like that that dream chasers thing gucci gucci and no jeezy like (laughs) like, he really broke jeezy out and um you know i mean just like like, you know, and DJ Khaled broke um, hit records, but like, you know, it still be a cool versus because they both titled DJs. And, you know, that would be another legendary one because d- drama really controlled that mixtape craze. And um, Khaled really controlled like the hit craze too of like, you know, he made those anthems. <laughs> but yeah. it, it, it was like, it would be more like what's better, the anthem or the um the project <laughs> right you feel me type shit but that would be another it. legendary one um if we want to get gangster with it like who really talked the most gangster shit ti or 50 <laughs> so like oh that. that's kind of fly that <laughs> that's actually a good one because people was talking about the whole uh 50 versus Ja Rule thing, which to me, I don't think you should do that because them niggas really might get they mad really at each be, other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that would be a troll. That would be a that, troll. Yeah, that, and that might create some, like, that might bring up some old shit that niggas done got over at least. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's not rehash shit right, right now. Let's, like, this shit is out of fun and, 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 you know, good times. But that one, that sounds yeah, interesting. That would be a real street. That sounds, and, and it's, a, it's a New York South type thing. Both of them have done like they both have acted and both have done had business they both had longevity they both had like mm-hmm. a very interesting kind of uh uh like uh, first solo album and just had yeah. crews and shit to a certain degree damn the mixtape that it'll bring up the mixtape um talk again like yeah damn mixtapes really broke go harder than the albums because people knew T.I. 50 for their mixtapes before they knew their albums. Exactly. And and damn, Get Rich, Get Try, Die Trying, that was basically his mixtape before yeah. it, it became the album. And same with uh, T.I.'s, um, because that 24 record, you know, I'm watching this stuff on um, Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix, which yes, is a great bro. show too. Yes, it's a great show. I mean, because I, I, love, I love my craft, so I, I always study like history and all that on it. So they do when I, I, I really, a lot of work they do on that too. Yeah, man. But definitely that T.I. and um, 50 Cent one, because both mixtapes, they both had that street. Like they made everybody want to rap about dope and slanging. Like you didn't <laughs> get that until 50 Cent and T.I. That shit was taboo. And then... 50 Cent came out talking about robbing and selling dope, and then T.I. talks about just selling dope. Yeah. <laughs> just being the being the trap dude, the trap nigga. Like, yeah. hey, classic stuff. Classic. So. Classic shit. I love that. That's 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 the one. That's the one. They need to get that one going, because that's, that's the better matchup, if you ask me. Because in terms of age, in terms of around the time they came out, yeah. Let's Ain't make damn that time. Into, yeah, that's, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. I haven't heard people say that one. That's perfect. Yeah, but let's even go. my barber. Uh-huh. Even, I'm sorry. Even my barber said, like you know, because uh, he still cuts hair on Morris Morehouse campus. Um, but uh, he used he was a um, alum at Morris Brown, so he was actually watching Ti sell tracks out his trunk. 
So it, it was like, man, that is, that's yeah. epic to watch something like that, man. A whole nother vibe, just like watching people blow up. But, you know, Hell that's yeah. another another discussion and all that, just watching someone blow up. But well, other than that. Let's get into another great producer being B-Dub. I would love, I would love to get into not only, you know, what made you get started, what are your, uh, what, what are your, some, some of your influences that kind of keep you going, but like, tell the people about who you are in terms of like you as a person, but also what led the, the, your upbringing to being this musical creative where this is what you do. This is what you dedicate yourself to do. This is what you studied and practiced. And um, something that you are actually now making a living doing. So, because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people have aspirations. We all have things we want to do, but I think it's always uh, seen as something that is always uh, far fetched, almost to believe that you can truly dedicate yourself to being a creative professional. And I think uh, people realize that creative professional, like somebody got to make the music. Somebody got to get paid to make the music and contribute to uh, a musical project. So I would love to know first, you know, where are you from and what are the what were those first influences that led you to get even pursuing to be a producer? So I'm from Washington, D.C., but I moved when I was six to Orlando, Florida, and I've been there since I graduated high school and then I moved to Atlanta for college. So uh, what got me producing was well, at first it was just like some like, oh wow, you know, you could do this in your house. And I and I and I was playing music, uh, like piano and the saxophone when I was younger, but I wasn't as ambitious or focused into it. But when I found out about producing, I was uh I was probably thirteen, you know, around my cousins. Mm. They told me about this system, you know can download it for free this is the demo stuff only i was like okay and it was like wow i'm creating something <laughs> you know and my dad you know he's an architect and all that so he used to draw and all that and i was never as skillful as him so i was like man i always want to create something so the that that's where the uh the um the motivation to want to be a creative came from was from him like you know just watching him drawing on it. I originally wanted to be an architect before, you know, uh, I wanted to just produce, uh, pursue producing and just being a creative. That's, that's what got me just keep on like, you know, pursuing it and furthermore. So, uh, so that was what 13. Um, when I got through high school and all that, I was, you know, pursuing sports and all that, but I didn't make the basketball team. So I was like, dang, you know, I need to, just figure out something else to do on my spare time and all that. So I just really grew in loving playing, you know, beats and <laughs> making beats, even though it didn't, you know, really fall into fruition until I got to Clark Atlanta. Cause at first it was still just something I was just doing. I thought I could make side money. Cause I remember selling my first track uh, to some dudes in Texas who I'd never met. <laughs> and it was like, you know, oh, wow, like, uh, I can make money off of this. So, I mean, I might as well do this as a little side thing, you know. But, like, I was really, you know, focusing on trying to, like, get my material out, just reaching out to people, or just people that just want to rap on stuff. And 
that was like during the MySpace days slash uh, Facebook days. So Don't you MySpace, sound old you know. saying that now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but everybody starts somewhere, man. Mm-hmm. But social media, you know, Hell like yeah. even even like you know, you got to learn that from Soldier Boy for sure. Because like you know, that's that's how the social media crazy to build a platform off of like you know um, your music with. That's how it started with just like getting social media um on your forefront is actually putting your material out there for everybody to see no matter who clicks on you Hell you know yeah. what i mean so i did that and you know had my stuff on soundclick and i and to my surprise and that is still operational today like i'm like dang soundclick <laughs> like i just had a session come in like trying to download a beat off of there i'm like wow time flies man because that's at least 15 almost you know 18 years ago and i'm like wow they they still doing their thing but other than that uh what what kept me going it was like you know just just how you can interconnect with people and i love doing that just like creating a vibe with someone it's like it it brings you together like i didn't really notice that until i got to clark yeah you know uh, working with a uh, call who's in the dorm, just like, you know, just helping me like get my sound better because he's like, you got a nice raw talent. So keep it up. Like, you know what I mean? I'll show you some pointers and whatnot. So first linking up with him and all that made me like, man, I, I love this feeling Hell yeah. of creating with people and like how I'm, I'm like, you know, it makes you more sociable. Like, like as soon as other people made me, found out I was making music, they're like, Oh man, I need to, I need to rock with you. Like, let me hear some things. And then when I hear it, it's like, wow, you you are very gifted. Like, you know, at, at that time, if I listen to those beats right now, it was like, oh, man, I came a long way. But it's just the, the simple fact that people know that you have that, um, you know, that insight and the ability to do something as produce a track. They're attracted to that. So I just love the attraction and the different types of people I'm introduced because art, that's what art is about. It's a universal language. So, yeah. you know, I, I always fell in love with like, man, like, I didn't know I can meet someone like this or someone like that. Just like, you know, it, it really gave me a whole variety of networking and just people that just like are into music. And oh, yeah. that's, that's, what, that's what I loved about, you know, that's why I still love about making music and whatnot, so. I love that. I love that. So I guess what were, what would you say your kind of um, creative benchmarks were for yourself? Like once you started to get into it and once you realized, okay, this is what I, like how do you set your own kind of uh, milestones or goals? How, how do you goal set when you're going after something like producing specifically? Um, is it because you don't want to you want to create your own sound obviously you don't want to sound like anybody else but it's like is that a feeling that you have like damn I'm really progressed and I'm sounding better or, or is it the ability to do some technical thing how how did you go about learning and being able to notice and measure success and measure progression with your work so I know back then my milestones were very small yeah because i i would say like i never uh worked like when when i got to clark and i was like working with certain artists and rappers and whatnot uh i never had an interaction with them to 
to the point of them actually um, knowing that they're about to record the song right now. So that was the first milestone, like, wow, I have a track that has someone's vocals on it that I know personally. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, let's keep this going and see where it goes. Yeah. And then seeing like another individual, hey, you know, I'm getting there in front of um, so-and-so or, hey, I got this track uh, on the radio. I was like, wow, now I got, you know, music on the radio or, you know, it got spinned on the radio and whatnot. And then, you know, me and more people that uh, like, hey, um, go, go, like, come with me to this event and like, like just, you know, let's network with other people. And like, dang, I'm like, now I'm, I'm getting people to like, uh, basically give me some clout. Like they're 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 giving me a good name and all that. You know, just certain milestones like that one. You you're you're creating with people. The second one, you're getting it. Um, you're getting people to make your stuff more heard. And the next one, you're building. You you have a name for yourself because people are talking about you. Those those simple milestones kept me going and motivated. It was like. Wow, people are talking about me now. So it's like, you know, who knows who's gonna um, hit me up for some, you know, um, work and everything. So those milestones kept me inspired to want to do and do better. Mm. Uh, another milestone that made me want to do better was just the quality of artists. It's like, yeah, you know, you work with someone for some time, you would hope that they progress, but after a while, if you're progressing, they're not. You just like, hmm, let me see who else I can reach, and then. I started just doing different avenues for me to be like, hey, I want to keep on going and, you know, progressing. So I went to more networking events, got an internship, and which helped me um, realizing, hey, you need to pick up uh, another trade or another asset to your ability, which is engineering. So mm. that, uh, that was another milestone just to say, hey, I picked up another asset to making me more professional with this because at first I was just a beat maker while I was at Clark. Yeah. Now I'm a producer because that milestone of like you wanted to know your craft more and want to be more profound in it. So that was that was the milestone for me to just really take the time and build up further out than just being a beat maker. So mm. yeah, I took a class at Clark, which was a class by Dr. Bullock in uh, Mass Media that uh, taught how to use Pro Tools and everything and just uh, audio, audio engineering. So it was just one semester. But that one semester I took four and ran with it. Now it's something that's attached to me for the rest of my life. Unlike, you know, other other classes that you could have taken at college, you know, because you don't, you know, you don't necessarily know if you're really going to truly apply this until you're actually done with school. And exactly. that class... Might as well just been the only class I'd taken at Clark, you know. That, yeah. It was one of the most <laughs> that one, Yeah, that one credited class. It was elective. And, man, that elective till this day, I use. Damn. And it really put me in a position at my internship with Icon Studios to make me just pick up sessions right away. Because at first, you know, uh, yeah, I was on desk duty and then uh, the intern manager at that time, he was like, "Hey, uh, we need we need someone to take a session." I heard you engineer, and I was like, "Yeah, I can." I mean, and it's funny because they wouldn't have known I engineered unless I really jumped up to the task and um, and 
spoke like you know jumped to the task and um did it because there was one time I was sitting in a session with an engineer and this was a session that wasn't like a, a serious session because it was a it was a little boy who was probably 10 his mom was an artist and she just booked out a room for him to just you know to just uh waste time and whatnot to keep him occupied and whatnot and oh, that's cute uh, they had to, uh, that engineer had to go and help them with something real quick. And he's like, man, so I have to wait for you. He's like, yeah, we don't know how long it's going to be. And I was like, shoot, I'll engineer you, bro. <laughs> right. And they was like, okay, let's see what you've got. And, you know, one of the other managers was like, just monitoring me. So I won't like touch anything or rearrange stuff in the room. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, oh, you, you, you know, know what you're doing. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll just throw you in sessions. We just need you. And Hell yeah. The West is history. Hell yeah. My first session after that, bankroll fresh. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was like, man, like I just, ooh, they threw the pressure on me, man. I was like, I was like, at, at first it was just a, a, a group of dudes that um, featured him. So I didn't even know it was like him in the booth. Right. Like, like they were just saying like, hey, the feature in the booth, bro, go, go ahead and record. I'm like, okay. Well, I think that's, you know, same. I finished the verse. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the same. And Isn't they don't they say luck is like preparation plus opportunity, you know? And it's like you were already prepared for whatever opportunity to come about. And I think that's that's a part that I always try my best to tell myself and tell others that you know are just striving and may feel down because they feel like you know they you they feel like they haven't caught their break or caught enough breaks. But it's like just keep keep putting them reps in because as soon as you do, you season. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be ready. And you got you ready to battle in whatever way you need to, you know, to bring the work in because you've done all of these reps. You you kept your, you know, your swords and your weapons sharp. So anytime that, you know, anytime anytime war breaks out, you ready to go. And you ain't struggling. Of course. You ready to present yourself correct. Definitely, definitely. And and it's and another point to bring about that where you're saying with like, you know, you're, you're making sure you keep your time fluid so you already are ready for the next opportunity. Yeah. But trust, there's going to be trials and tribulations where you're not always going to have a good session and whatnot. But for sure. That, for sure. that makes and breaks you. You know what I mean? Because I know after that, you know, the next few sessions with that group of artists, they didn't, they didn't care for me. It was like, dang, bro, what happened? Like, <laughs> and then that kept me more like, okay, I need more, be more consistent with this. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because... They they stopped asking for me not the bank not bankroll but whoever they were uh, they they stopped being a group unfortunately oh damn <laughs> but but yeah they stopped being a group it was yeah. just a long, long story behind that but it was like okay you know this just preps me and lets me know that hey this is what people look for to really fuck with you so yeah. it was like all right so let me keep on doing this and then next opportunities came by working with one twelve. Um, Diddy Dirty Money, Mace, uh, a rack of people I'm trying to think of. Like, <laughs> I said, I'll have the list together. I mean, uh, yeah, so I told you Cash Doll, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's in, it's in front of me. Like, I'm gonna pull it up because I had to create my um, like, update my um, engineer yeah. resume and everything. Hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. so hell it, it, yeah. it's it's just that that opportunity made me learn my biggest lesson, which is like. Always, you know, be uh, consistent. Yeah, being consistent is everything because yeah. people are gonna rock with you until they, until they, you know, until you make you make them think differently. <laughs> yeah, and 
it's all it's okay to have your like moments though. For that's sure. that's what you know a lot of people don't talk about. It's okay to have that moment where it's like I know when I was um playing tracks for so and so, um it was a uh it was a DTP artist. Um I try and think of his name, but he he was uh, probably just you know someone that they were testing out. No one like seriously signed yet. Yeah, I was playing tracks, and then you know it put me another forefront learning lessons. Like people are only gonna you know uh, look at your material seriously if they are getting what they want heard as much as they need to be much needs to be heard. So it's like. If you play tracks and you're playing a bunch of stuff that isn't, you know, what they're looking for, they're not going to, like, take you seriously and they're going to just walk out the room. He didn't walk out, but he just, you know, was like, yeah, man, just shoot me an email. I got you. So it's like, all right, you know, study their material, study who they are as an artist, and then you can play the stuff that they will be like, oh, this is fly. I want to think of getting on this, but I think I, I'm inspired to make something like this. You know what I mean? And, exactly. and like, just, just those type of, you know, um, environments and just being placed in those type of situations, make you grow and learn the industry more learn who, what type of people you're dealing with. And those are another milestones too. It's just like, you know, it's not just like, finding some average Joe that's just trying this out. You know what I mean? People that are serious are in serious situations once you get to the chase, you know, get to the chase and just like, hey, uh, give me this. I mean, I'm looking for stuff. If you haven't, if you don't know about my music, I'll play you what I've been working on. If you don't have anything like this, I'm going to keep on moving. You know what I mean? Because those are the type of people that take this just as serious. They They are looking for necessary things that help their project to be great so that that's 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 like you know lessons that you learn as you come up in this industry it's like you don't want to waste people's time and then you want to show them that you are just as gifted as they are so yeah that that's you know that's what it takes yeah 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 my my next question would be because i think you've you've been doing this for so long and i'm and i'm pre and I pre-interview uh, a call, um, I, I had to sit there and think, like, damn, bro, probably been doing this for over a decade now, and I don't even know if he noticed that. <laughs> and, like, because it's <laughs> oh, like, it, 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 we've almost been out of school. Like, freshman mm-hmm. year would be, since nine freshman years. year would be, uh, we're nine years since freshman year. Yeah, nine years. 10 years next year, next, yeah. you know, um, next, next August. August. And yeah. so it's like, he was doing this the, the day I met him. Like, you had your shit first day at mm-hmm. school you feel me so you had to have brought this with you so i'm sitting there thinking he had to been doing this for over a year now for over 10 oh, yeah, years yeah, now. yeah almost 10 years yeah <laughs> so, so you've studied so much so i would love to know your uh your answer to this question being what qualities do you believe uh make a good producer like what qualities does a, a good producer possess well the number one thing is actually how you should know what a vibe is. It's mm. like a sixth sense, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, it's it's not necessary you listening to the music because a lot of times people don't listen. They just 
instantly like get a, a euphoric presence when a hit is on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, damn, like, like this is it. This is the jam. Like, you know, after first ten seconds of listening to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like you don't even know the words yet. <laughs> no. How you know it's a jam? Mm-hmm. But that's the sixth sense about it is like knowing what that euphoric presence is. Mm. You need to know how to uh, decipher it and then how to create it yourself. Mm. And that's what I learned. And it's always been in me because I always like was making stuff that people were like, dang, that, that shit, that shit rides. But it was like, you know, it wasn't as a quality 10 years ago, but I kept that energy up and developing more on that euphoric presence. And then figuring out, I was like, okay, this is a vibe. This rides. This, Hell yeah. this is dope. Literally, in the sense of what dope means, it, it gets your dopamine flowing, gets you like energetically, you know, feeling some type of way. Yeah. Either if it's making you feel hype, is it making you feel, you know, emotional? Like, as in, like, you, you like want to make love or you want to feel sad or put you back in the presence of time where you were feeling sad and make you think about things or make you over think on, you know, stuff that you've been through in your life, that's that's what music's supposed to do. And it's and it's crazy like how <laughs> some people don't get that. They just think it's just all about like the lyrics and everything. No, because there's been many forms of music where people don't know what the words are saying or those words and have a meaning to them, you know, from you listen to doo wop and listening to like a reggaeton song, you don't know Spanish, but hey, when Gasolina comes on, I <laughs> that's yeah. my shit. Like, yeah, that shit get the like, toe tap. They get your toe yeah, tap. Yeah, he's slapping. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. Like it gets you moving. Mm-hmm. And not saying all songs need to get you moving, but it needs to make you make your body do something uncontrollably. Yeah, evoke you know? something. Evoke something. Give you that you know that that euphoric presence, and that's that's what a number one thing a producer needs. Like. If you ain't people mo- making them motivated, motivated or inspired or make them move or energetic, yeah, then you shouldn't do this. You know what I mean? I love that. That is a perfect fucking answer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love yeah. that. I love that. But but I, I, I'm glad I wrote it down. I'm glad I wrote it down because <laughs> I, I felt like you were gonna give me a perfect answer to that. But I, I think yeah. what's what's crazy and what's dope, and I think what's uh, what goes missed a lot is the elements and the ideas like how like I think I think of it all the time anytime I'm watching certain television shows and stuff like that like who the hell thought of this like how did you think of this but when you think about music it becomes even more methodical because it's like who would have thought to put this sound (laughs) like it might have been like a very small recognizable sound but putting that over this you know, rhythm or this, you know, melody. And it's just like this combo and this kind of, this combo of, uh, of sound effects and, um, and tracks and things to create this. It's like, what in the hell? Like who would have thought to make this Nation. type of beat? And it's, it's, it trips, right. it trips you out because it's like the people who do this and do this on a high level are truly thinking out of this world and doing their damnness to create, uh, to create something original. Which it's which is you know impo- it's it's you know quote unquote impossible to create something original because you know there's nothing new under the sun and we're all inspired by each other inspired by to, a thing but it's like which I was about to bring up yeah, yeah but, the, but but I do believe musical producers certainly 
are do they're the closest type of forms. They're definitely one of the art forms where it's like we're trying our best to create some new shit. We do we're doing yeah. our damnness to make this shit sound like some shit that's never happened before. Even if there is something, <laughs> if you if you really know, you could probably find the influences. But for the average listener, you're gonna be like, I've never heard nothing like this. I've never heard nothing like this. And I right. love that about the 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 art form of being a, a musical producer because it's like you the things you're listening to the things you add to you know you, the things you the little salt and pepper that you add on the end or how you how you can have a track send it to a whole another producer to collaborate with and then they do something else to add their own drums add their own guitar or add some add some other instrumentation and now this is a whole another vibe now this shit has just yeah. went to a whole new level and I love that that's how you know music is produced how music works because it is this soulful it is this soul language that we it's have its own being you know and it's its own it's thing that's always yeah. been around and it's going to forever be around and so it's a beautiful thing that people can speak that language amongst each other amongst people who can match match it with lyrics and words but also right. just the fact that you can continuously just manifest just uh this um this this uh, this pursuit of originality, and I think just the pursuit of itself is one that we all are just enjoying to hear. You know, right? It's 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 incredible. Right. Yeah, it definitely is, and I, I completely agree. And like what you were saying is like not the news under the sun, and that's what that's what you have to learn as a producer is like nothing news under the sun. So it's like if you reach out to these different genres yeah. and see that certain tonality is in certain um, genres that are in that genre as this genre, you'll figure out, it's like, hey, this is why I can bring new to the table because pe certain people are just boxing to just want it to be this replica of this uh, this this genre. For for example, like uh, R&B. Now you got R&B tracks that are infusing certain country elements into it. And then, you know, certain... Uh, uh, reggae tracks with certain soul vibes in it, like you know, just being able to like look at past that genre you're creating to really figure out that hey, there's only twelve notes in this world, twelve semitones. There's only twelve. Every genre has these same twelve notes, so just really mix them up together. You don't have to be boxed into this one element. You know what I mean? which is that particular genre. You don't have to be boxing the country, the soul, rock and roll, because even Miguel, he, he fuses soul and rock and roll together. Like, you listen to it, a lot of his music, it's like, dang, or soul and rock, and just, yeah, like, you, you, you fuse these elements together because there's only so many combinations you can do. So if you want to do something new, or if you want to do something that's different, you just melt these two elements together and make another <laughs> like chemistry language, you know, covalent bond or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Just make it something that is not as present or prevalent today because it's already been done. It's just bringing it back, you know? Um, like, like today, a lot of these uh, R&B artists are doing like a lot of this like Teddy Riley drum chord progressions um, and bringing that back. And also um, real instrument uh, instrumentation is coming back too. Like trap drums are about to fade away and now people are going back to 
you know, realistic drum patterns where you can actually need a drummer type for that to happen. And it's, it's just understanding music is what makes you a dope producer. Like, you gotta love this shit. Like, there's so many times when I'm in a session with a songwriter and they're doing something that's familiar. And I'm like, man, that sounds like that song that I listened to all my life. Uh, um, like, like when I was listening to when I was a kid and they just like keep on doing the melody. I'm like, yeah, keep on doing that. It's like, I don't know what song that comes from, but as long as it feels familiar, that makes it a hit. Cause people automatically are going to reflect on like, damn, that puts me back into that space. You know what I mean? So that, that, that's, that's, that's what gifts a, a talented producer needs is the understanding of all music. Mm. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So my next, my next question would be, cause I think in the progression of a person pursuing this art form, what would you say, I guess is the, um, the most beneficial uh, opportunity or most beneficial um, thing, either being making the best song, should that be the approach, or working with the biggest artist? Because in my head, I guess I can see how either one of those scenarios can truly uh, really uh, push forward and define a person's uh, current career at that time. You know, thinking about people who, mm-hmm. like uh, like Takey, who mm-hmm. was going to the uni- university, uh, the Middle Tennessee University, and was making beats for people from back home in Memphis, and he was making shit that inspired by old sounds from p- the past, from the, you know the Three Six Mafias and the A Ball MJG type of you know sounds and the Yo Gotti's and things like that from uh, from some mm-hmm. classic uh, Memphis music, and he was making it for the pe- for his people. They had created some little dances to it, you know, right, right, Black Boy JB and that whole crew, and. Him just making it, and Black Boy JB not being this big, big artist at the time, he's still just making good-ass music. You know right. what I'm saying? He's just making a very infectious sound right. to, for this person. So in my mind, I see him as a scenario of somebody making the best song. And what did that do? That turned into him, you know, having songs and placements with some of the biggest artists out today. You know what I'm saying? Take he fuck these niggas up is really a great fucking drop because some of them some right. of them tracks really have uh, take storm and have you know wa- like washed up the airways and then you think of working with really big artists you have examples of people who uh, where it was like they just made a track in their basement some young kid who just made some something anything and this track got to one of the biggest artists out you know I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, Damn, I just had one in my head. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Drake is coming to mind. I feel like he got a, a track from somebody, but I can't remember. But like, what would you say is the, is one of the I guess most beneficial scenarios in that case where you just if you're always just searching to go for the best song, then it'll all pay off. Or trying to get your music to the biggest artist will pay off even faster. Like, what what do you what what would you say is the the better scenario or approach in terms of uh, someone actively trying to hey. be a, a producer in this business. Hey, and that's the question I was waiting for the whole interview. <laughs> oh, for real? You like, you like that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because because look, check this out. So this is a struggle that will forever be. Yeah. You know what I mean? A&Rs won't know. A producer won't know. Um, 
an artist won't know mm. until until it's like, hey, you have to really give it all that you're trying to put into this record. Like figuring out, you know, a good song, a great song, the dopest song is always the mission. You know what I mean? It's always the mission to get the dopest song out. But the the scenario is with the unknown artists is just that they don't have the platform necessarily to get it to the masses. And then the 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 biggest artist is the scenario of like who the hell you know to get to that biggest artist. And then the middlemen in between those artists are they gonna be the ones that block that blessing? Because I struggle with both of those right now. For example, um, uh. I've been getting records out to uh, Kevin Gates, me and my songwriter. Mm -hmm. um, well, my my producer homie Kid Class once again. He, uh, me and him were writing records and sending it off to Kevin Gates. All the A and R's are like, yeah, that's solid, that's solid, that's solid, and blah blah blah. But it's like, okay, solid is you know, <laughs> it's a cool answer. But like, when are we going to be like, we're gonna get this cut right now, type ish? You know what I mean? Right. And and what happens a lot is that the A&R doesn't play this shit to the artist and so they feel like the artist will like it. Mm. So, you know what I mean? All this middleman activity is really blocks the blessings and whatnot, but it's like, you know, they know them, quote-unquote. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's the funny shit about it. It's like, they know them, <laughs> quote-unquote, and they feel like, they would think if they played this to them, it wouldn't be a time, it wouldn't be as much of a productive timing for this artist to really cut this record and yeah. then like it never be placed because at the end of the day, it's a whole, it's a whole stipulation um, process with creating album was released by an album because you have to involve budgets and marketing and all that. It's like, you know, it's the music business for a reason. If it was just music, it wouldn't be as complicated or difficult and frustrating as exactly. what it is. So, like you know, I'm getting those records out to those people. I got records out to. Uh, I'm trying to think of all those people I sent records to. Um, you know, uh, and and it, it just be that middleman activity. Like even even like a, a homie that I have as an A&R Atlantic. Uh, she, she told me this one beat I played that I played in front of hundreds of people at this venue and Sean Garrett actually like it was it was like it wasn't a beat battle it was a, a plug and play okay so um it basically if you're if you got the ticket and they call your number you get to plug and play your material so artists producers songwriters came up there so uh I was up next Sean Garrett gave a long speech on how like you know you uh, artists producer songwriter y'all should be networking Y'all know who y'all would meet in here, who will uh, get you your next thing, and you know who would actually elevate you to that next level. Like Blase Blah giving his motivational speech and whatnot. And so after that, it was my turn. I was like, "Hey, I got your next hit right here. <laughs> Play that joint." That man started rapping. <laughs> Sean Garrett did. Yeah, man, That's it's on up. my Instagram too. It's on my Instagram. I love it. I love old. it. Yeah, it actually showed up my notification today. Um, as like a memory? As a memory, two years ago, yeah. That's crazy. So I, was like, I was like, man, like every time I walk up to the dude, you know, I mentioned that and, you know, try to get more material for him to actually work on and whatnot. But the stipulations on that, you know, you can always have 
you know, the songwriter to, uh, and, and that's the thing. Like, you can't do this by yourself if you yeah. want to get an artist. You need it's those teams. It's a team sport. Yeah. So, like, a songwriter just like Sean Garrett, whatever he makes that he loves to my material, he's going to make sure it gets heard. Yeah. And heard by the right people that will take it seriously. Exactly. So, for unknown, for you to be known, you have to surround your people that are being taken serious. So, I I I walked out of that um, competition with more um clientele and more um ARs in my pocket but it's like once again those ARs be tempting you man because i walked out of that room with four ar numbers and like one of them i actually cool with and you know she's uh she homies with raven and mommy her name is um sammy she's you know she's dope people cool people uh she kept me um she actually got me to want to work with a uh, booze artist, Akon's brother, Timmy, yeah. who's an Afrobeat artist. So I actually got to work with her for a little bit. I sent her off some material. So hopefully that will be recorded soon, like during this quarantine time. So, yeah. 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 But other, other than that, it's like, you know, getting off to the big name artists, you have to have those politics to really get it heard. And yeah, there's some diamonds in the rough that didn't need like that luckily got that um track to that artist and they took it seriously enough to record it and the label tolerated it enough to uh you know allow it to be released you know what i mean yeah but the politics behind you know getting the record out to a big artist is is you know strenuous it's very frustrating but the good song and trying to get a good song released you know, it depends on, you know, the money that you have for that good song to be as big as you want it to be. But as long as you love the song, it, it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a burden, you know? Because um, I remember when I was having a discussion with Mace at Icon, he said for a hit, a platinum um, record, for it to be a big record um, nationwide, you need to have a $100,000 budget to push that record. Damn. You know what I mean? And that's even in the social media days. Like, like you know, yeah, you got songs that are blowing up on TikTok, but it's still the radio budget to really keep that song circulating and, like, you know, pe- keep that machine to brainwash people to always want to hear that song. Yeah. Bring that <laughs> awareness up over it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you gotta keep that joint circulating. And I was just having a, a discussion with one of... Uh, my um, media people that I work with at the studio I'm at right now, who was based, because he had a um, he had a a show back in the early 2000s. He got plaques for it because he broke uh, Lil John's record, uh, Get Low, and he broke uh, the Ying Yang Twins album, like you know all that. So uh, he was basically saying, you know, that that money is what keeps those records circulating. Like if you have a budget for me to make this song play on the hour every hour mm-hmm. then that's what i'm gonna do that's yep. what keeps my lights running exactly it's whoever gives me the money exactly but it's like you know there's only 24 hours in the day mm-hmm. there's two times where those those 24 hours are super peaked morning rush hour and off work rush hour mm-hmm. so you know what i mean those are gonna be obviously the most expensive times to be playing the uh the budget and playing those records through so it's like you know, 
people are going to shoot for those. And if you aren't getting that money into those slots, you're going to have to do the after hour slots, which aren't going to be as just heard. And it's probably still going to cause you some money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So regardless, regardless, but yeah, like the good song and the biggest artist is, is always going to be conflicting. So I would always advise, you know, just make a good record. And, you know, if you want it to be released, you'll figure out a way to release it. If it's an unknown artist or you somehow know the opportunity is readily available for you to get into that big artist. So it's, 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 it's something that you have to really battle internally with to yeah. really figure out if, like, damn, um, how long do I want to sit on this record? Is it timeless? Is it going to be dated? Like, after two years, this, this record is not going to be good anymore? You know, what I mean, uh, you never want that. And like, you remember that? Uh, you remember at the beginning of last year, uh, I had my laptop stolen and everything. All all those years of hard work <laughs> gone. Yeah. And my my hard drive. So it, it put me in a certain light that it's like, fuck it. Like, whatever it takes for any of these good records to be released, I'm gonna make them release. You know, I have yeah. these songwriters. Yeah. And they're and if they deliver the song good enough to be like, hey, have it, bro. Like, let's see what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. But, I mean, I'm going to give it some time for it to be like, hey, who knows who's going to pick this up, but let's just go ahead and just test this on you. Yep. Then I'm, I'm down for that because at the end of the day, yeah, you could be wasting hella time if you're waiting on that big artist. Mm. It's, I- it's, but, you know, it's still 50-50. You could waste time, too, if you really push... Uh, unknown artist that is not ready at that moment too that's a good point i think that's a good yeah. point um i feel like you kind of answered one of my last questions so i'm gonna jump into my send it on portion of the episode which is my um this is where you're, you're gonna hear some some smooth d'angelo uh instrumentals in the background and this is a way to send <laughs> people off give people a call of action of some sort so that people know what they could do, giving them, giving just giving them a piece. And the call of action specifically that I want to ask of you to present to the people is one of because you're an active producer. I believe that it's all. I think we should give people some source of uh, of how to work with you, how they can connect with you. They're listening to this. They're listening to this episode. They've heard what your resume is. They've heard what your expertise is. They heard what your perspective is. Now. If they haven't already, they've already clicked out, been like, let me look bro up, you know what I'm saying, to try to figure mm-hmm. out if I either I can connect. I'm an artist. I got the music. I write. I want to do some things. I need beats and shit. What, what, type, <laughs> of, what type of artist or what, what type of artist should approach you to collaborate? And that's how we can send it off. Okay. Well, I'm always looking for an artist that has vision. You know what I mean? Mm. There, there's ways to decipher if someone has vision by the way they converse with you. So the conversation will tell me everything about your vision, you know, and how you know how to move around things and show me how uh, inspired and ambitious you are because there's, there's a lot of times like, yeah, you know, you can reach me out on Instagram and everything. I mean, because determining on how far you are from me like if you're not in the Atlanta area I mean I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to give me some insight on what you do and you show me your music and everything but like the conversation should be more than like hey I, I'm I'll release this stuff on SoundCloud I 
I'm gonna um, just blast it on my Instagram or Twitter and Facebook and get like, you know, people that follow me to listen to it. It should be more than that, you know what I mean? Like, are you out there performing? Are you out there doing other marketing schemes? Cause it's more about you getting yourself out there and that determines how much I charge you. I, I, I go by people's budget because I, once again, last year with that whole fiasco about me getting my laptop stolen and my hard drive, I I want stuff released, but you know, determining on how you are um, as an artist with releasing records, if you just just releasing it just to release it and not putting the effort to market, then I'm definitely gonna charge you. <laughs> you don't have to be a big name artist for me to not charge you. But I'm right. definitely gonna charge you if you are wasting everybody's time. You know what I mean? You're still like, let me service. feel. Yeah, I'm still giving you service, but let me feel good about like the service I'm I'm giving you if you, if if you're not like exposing this art that we did, we did. You know what I mean? So if you are someone that knows how to build traction for themselves and or actually have traction for themselves, then hey, reach out to me. I'll let you get one <laughs> or two <laughs> depending on how that record did we did you know for free i do that all the time you know what i mean I, I did that with like uh a few artists and you know determined to see if like they know how to move that record or they have an ear for the record they know what they want to release you know what i mean um because i know i did a, a free joint for someone and we did multiple cuts on different records, but he wanted this one specifically released because he felt so good about it. But I'm like, I don't know, like this is not a single to me. <laughs> so he's like, but trust, man, like my people are gonna like it. Released it. I'm not even seeing over a thousand plays on Spotify yet, and it's over two, three months old. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's like you gotta push. You know, all, yeah, or or it wasn't the right song to push. Yeah. It, it felt yeah. like an album cut. It, it's not a bad song, but it's definitely an album cut. It's not a single. So it's like you need to know know yourself, know your fan base, know things that are going to work. I'm, yeah. I'm not for the trial and error. Show me the receipts. <laughs> and I will be glad to work with you. Show me the receipts. And and another interesting point about that, I'm going to start doing that, but it's, it's like I'm going to, you know, play in on light terms because i know a lot of people don't know um i mean well i, I don't want to say that let me let me refrain from saying that they should know about their publishing rights organization via my ASCAP and csac so they can collect the royalties if you don't have that then that shows how serious i need to take you you mm. know what i mean because that's, that means you're not doing this that. yeah yeah that, that means you're doing this for fun i'm not doing this for fun exactly. you know so, it, like, once again, the conversation will determine, you know, you should enlighten me on what you do, what you know, and how you've been pursuing it. Like, I can easily give you a freebie. I'm all about releasing good music. Once again, that changed my life a whole year ago. It's like, man, I have a lot of records that are just gone forever, even though I have the MP3 form. And, you know, I just released a record uh, last Friday with this artist named Janine the Machine. It's called Quarantine Bang. You go check it out on every um, <laughs> platform right now. <laughs> Quarantine Janine Bay. the Machine, Quarantine <laughs> Bay, yeah. Like that, that was, a, that was a record that I made three years, a beat I made three years ago. Look at um, that. She's a dope artist, Janine the Machine. She um, actually was the Dream's understudy and all that. So, you know, she, she was writing with the Dream and all that. So she 
is, you know, well into the game and having placements and everything. She does stuff. Quarantine Bay was the name of it. Mm-hmm. Quarantine Bay. Janine the Machine. That's her. That's her name. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and she has a K Major on there who is also one of Jacquees's main writers, and he's in pursuing artistry. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, make sure, make sure, uh, before we go, you let everyone know what uh, what your socials are, how, and um, any other way that they can um, connect with you, follow you, support you in any way, shape, or form. Uh, let them know, you know, all the things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so once again, B Dub Beats at B Dub Beats on Instagram. Um, I'm mainly active on that. Uh, so hit me on there, DM me. I have my email on there too. You can uh, email me at therealbdubbeats at gmail.com if you want to inquire uh, material and everything. Yes, serious and, inquiries um, only, please. Seriously inquiries <laughs> only. <laughs> serious <laughs> inquiries only. Oh my goodness, please. So, like, honestly, I do, I do help people out. Like, don't get me wrong. If you have a plan of vision yeah. and you've been testing that plan and vision, I will assist you with making that vision come true. There's, there's no doubt in my mind, I'm all about making the best thing. You know what I mean? So if it, once again, if you have everything in order, your your publishing rights organization, you have a team, like a PR a attorney, a, you know, you don't necessarily need a manager because, I mean, we, we could have that discussion on a different podcast, you know, like it, it, there's so much I've gone through and we could do this on another interview. But, mm-hmm. hey, if you have all that together, then trust, I'll I'll make things work out like we can work things out. It doesn't have to be a big budget that you have or hell, I'll, I'll give you one freebie um, on me. To show me that you have things planned out, a real business model to really get your things heard by the masses. Because let me leave with this old parable. <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest and no one's here to see it, does it still make a sound? You should use that to acquire your music uh, abilities because if no one heard your music, then it's not, you know, it's not making this noise. It's not making the sound. So. That's all I'll leave y'all with. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. And if you don't know, now you know. You can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are available, except for SoundCloud, because it's SoundCloud. No shade to SoundCloud. Uh, but podcasts just ain't it, they over there. But it ain't it ain't just it ain't the only place we should be, you know. But right. uh, you can follow me at the Simply King Pod on IG. You can follow my personal page at kings underscore memoirs on everything i appreciate y'all for listening especially during this pandemic you know you could do anything and everything else with your time right now but you're giving me a you know a piece of it just to, you know what i'm saying just to keep you going and trust me i'm gonna keep giving you some inspirational escapisms um to pass the time with because we all are here and we all in this together uh truly <laughs> all in this together as we're in the house so as i'll say Make sure y'all are taking care of yourself, washing your damn hands, staying clean, wearing your mask. If they tell us to wear a mask or not, making sure you do not go the hell out, please. Because this should need to end as soon as possible so we can get back to business, yes. so we can get back to the boogie, so we can get back to partying and congregating. Because I'm going to be pissed if I can't go to homecoming. It's 2020. Damn. <laughs> you feel me? My birthday. Yeah, man. My birthday, Five years. June, birthday June 1st. I would love to celebrate. 
But the way that motherfuckers' birthdays are getting knocked knocked out and canceled, oh man, left and right. That's true. I gotta, I gotta That's now true. think this may not be a thing. But I don't want to oh, rant. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to doom and gloom. <laughs> I'm just giving y'all exactly. the real. I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, this is the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans, simply being humans. I'm Rodney Perry, also known as King, and this is Simply King. Peace. Tell me where I come from. Show me a car. I'm a big party guy. Tell me do you want a car? I can feel your energy. You're not a car. That's me. Tell me where I come from. Show me a car. Tell me where I come from. I can wind it up for you. Wind it up. Take control for you. Take control. Let me slow it down for you. Slow it down. I can back it up for you. Speed it up, no. Jacking your back. Don't you wind up your back. Come on. Tell you where me come from, yard man, yet I'm a Jamaican. Deal with your problems.